Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everybody, welcome into another exciting edition of the Panthers Insider Show. Doug Plagans here with you talking all things Florida Panthers hockey over the course of the next hour. and We've got an exciting show for you. The Panthers a couple of games into their first round best of seven playoff series against the Washington Capitals. The Panthers fell in game one to Washington, but picked up a win in game two by a 5-1 final score. That was back on Thursday. We'll have a full recap of the game two win in just a moment. We'll hear from Panthers captain Alexander Barkov. We'll hear from Panthers coach Andrew Brunette, and we'll have a full rundown of all the highlights from that victory on Thursday night in Game 2. That evened up the series, and today the series shifts to Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. It's the Panthers and the Washington Capitals coming up today, a 1 o'clock face-off, 12.30 Panthers preview across the radio network. You won't want to miss the pivotal Game 3 coming up this afternoon. And there are watch parties. The Panthers have Game 3 today at 1, and then Game 4 on the road coming up Monday at 7 o'clock. So Panthers fans, come out to the first-round watch party today for Game 3. Again, the Panthers and the Capitals, it's at Funky Buddha Tap Room. Join us for the game, drink specials, giveaways, and more. And then coming up for Game 4, come out to the first-round watch party. That's Game 4 against the Capitals on Monday at Tin Roof in Delray. Join us for the game, drink specials, giveaways, and more. FloridaPanthers.com is where to go for more information. Also just announced, Game 5 back at FLA Live Arena in Sunrise. Game 5 of this first-round series between the Panthers and the Capitals at FLA Live Arena Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. FloridaPanthers.com for more information on Wednesday's Game 5 as well as ticket information as well. Get on there and check it out. There may still be some playoff tickets available for Wednesday's Game 5. You want to get on that very quickly. FloridaPanthers.com and Ticketmaster.com where to go. As far as the rest of the program, we'll hear from Katie Gauze, Valley Sports Florida and FloridaPanthers.com coming up in segment number three. Coming up next segment from the Washington Capitals Radio Network, Ben Raby will stop by the program. We'll have that coming up next segment as we preview game three coming up today this afternoon. We'll recap the first two games of the series that we've seen. The Panthers and the Capitals head in to the game this afternoon. Each team with a victory so far in the first round best of seven series. So again, lots to get to. We'll also have some sound coming up from NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman coming up later on in this segment. He was at FLA Live Arena back on 
Thursday evening, and he was asked during his media availability about a number of different topics, so we'll have some thoughts coming up from the commissioner, Gary Bettman, later on this segment as well. So it's the Panthers and the Washington Capitals coming up this afternoon. Panthers fans, time to rep the shield, join the territory, become a member now. Territory memberships are on sale for next season. Special benefits include pre-sale access to the 2023 NHL All-Star Weekend, priority access to playoff tickets, and much more. Go to floridapanthers.com slash members or call 954-835-PUCK to become a territory member today. Well, let's dive into the victory the Panthers picked up on Thursday night, a much-needed win evened up the series, a 5-1 win over the Washington Capitals back on Thursday night. First, here are the highlights as they aired on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Barkov able to play it out to the far circle. Ekblad tees it up, a blast, deflected, puck, and they score! Aaron Ekblad let it rip, and it found its way behind Manichek, and the Panthers have the first one tonight. It's 1-0 with 3.40 to go here in the first period. Puck dumped in, down and around it goes. Over on the far side of the ice, scramble for the loose puck. Duclair to Huberto, has a lane right circle, walks in, and front they score! And it's Barkov off the pass from Huberto, and the Panthers have a 2-0 lead with 2.02 to go here in period number one. Now in go the Panthers, Giroux across, Montour, Marchman a shot, he scores! Mason Marchman, the Panthers get their two-goal lead back just like that. Eller, far side of the ice. Unable to clear for Hagee in front, Lundell, Reinhardt, Lundell, and he scores! And the Panthers take a 4-1 lead, a tic-tac-toe play, and Anton Lundell cashes in. Now you're starting to see some giveaways from the Capitals. Here to Gudis, pass straight on for Hagee, walks in, shot, he scores off the post and in. 2.28 to go in the second, and the Panthers are in the driver's seat, 5-1 is the score. Here's Sherrod on the near side. He'll hold it there. The final seconds tick away, and the Panthers have even this first round best of seven series. They take game two by a five to one final score. A convincing win for the Panthers here on home ice in game two, and this series is even at one. So a 5-1 win for the Panthers in game two back on Thursday evening. Here's Panthers captain Alexander Barkov after the game. He liked the win. Panthers captain Alexander Barkov right there. Here he is again talking about how he liked the way the Panthers got stronger as the game went on. So some thoughts there from Panthers captain Alexander Barkov. Now Panthers interim head coach Andrew Brunette talking about how he liked the intensity the team showed throughout the game back on Thursday.
Andrew Burnett right there. Here he is again talking about how he expected that the team would become sharper as the game went on as they did. So Andrew Burnett right there, Panthers interim head coach. Before that, you heard from the captain, Alexander Barkov, liked what they saw as the Panthers picked up that big Game 2 victory, one that they had to have certainly Thursday night at FLA Live. Arena 5-1 was the final score. And Thursday evening, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman was at FLA Live Arena. And again, during his media availability, was asked about a number of different topics. First, here's NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman giving some thoughts on the Panthers right now. Uh, I'll use the parent analogy. I have lots of kids and grandkids. I love them all. Uh, same thing's true of franchises. What, what I'm pleased to see uh, is the level of connection that the community has and all the things that Vinnie Viola and his organization have done to really raise the game. And I mean that in the euphemistic sense as well. And uh, it's great to see. Uh, hockey at all levels is growing here and that's what it's all about you know it's it's about the game it's about the arena sure but it's also about uh, hockey at all levels making a difference in people's lives the values of our game our declaration of principles uh, and I think that what the Panthers are doing is emblematic of that. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman right there. Here he is again talking about how the two Florida teams doing well. It's good for the league. Well, it, it, any time you can have a geographic rivalry that sparks interest, particularly in places that some historically, I don't use these terms, but I read and hear some of the commentary, these are not historic markets. See, I'm not going to use not traditional, uh, but this is this is an opportunity for more fans to connect with the game and be more engaged in game of hockey at all levels. You know, places where we have teams and we never had them before, uh, both in the U.S. and in places we went back to in Canada, USA Hockey, Hockey Canada, where we have franchises, there's great growth in registrations for youth hockey. Uh, you know, for young people, particularly with the programs we're doing, alluding to the last question, we think our game represents teamwork, hard work, leadership, diligence, physical fitness, things that for young people are, are great life endearing and life growing values. And even if we don't have some future fans in particular cases, but we make a difference in people's lives, that's as important to us because we think we have the platform to do that. Thoughts there from NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. That was back on Thursday night. So Thursday night, the Panthers picked up a 5-1 win over Washington. They even the first round best of seven playoff series against the Capitals at one game apiece. Game three coming up in just a little bit. A 1 o'clock face-off, 12.30 Panthers preview. You don't want to miss it. We'll have you covered across the radio network this afternoon. Panthers and the Capitals hitting the ice in game three at Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. And to help us preview that one, to look back at the first couple of games of the series, joining us coming up next segment from the Washington Capitals radio network, a little view from behind enemy lines. We'll talk to Ben Raby later on in the program. Katie Goss, Valley Sports Florida, FloridaPanthers.com. She will 
will stop by. We'll talk all things as far as this first-round playoff series is concerned. That's coming up in just a little bit. But on the other side of the break, Ben Raby stops by from the Washington Capitals radio network. That is straight ahead. Doug Plagans here with you. This is the Panthers Insider Show on the Florida Panthers radio network. Hey everybody, welcome back. Panthers Insider Show. Doug Plagans here with you. Special guest coming your way here in just a moment to continue breaking down this first round best of seven series. Panthers and the Washington Capitals as the series is set to shift to Washington. Game three and a pivotal game three. And I say pivotal because every game in every playoff series that's ever been played is pivotal. But uh, with this series tied one game apiece, the action shifts to Washington today. One o'clock, puck will drop. 12.30 is going to be Panthers preview across the radio network, so be sure to join us for that one coming up in just a little bit. Panthers and the Washington Capitals game number three. Of course, the Panthers coming off a win in game two. We'll get to that in just a couple of moments. Panthers fans, go to flateamshop.com for your exclusive Panthers licensed merchandise, including one-of-a-kind game use gear, hockey and Inspired fashion apparel and much more. Shop now. FLAteamshop.com is where to go. A first in the history of the Panthers Insider Show, at least in the time that I've been doing it, <laughs> recording a segment here inside Fort Lauderdale International Airport, joined by host from the Capitals Radio Network. You've seen him on NHL.com. You've heard him on SiriusXM. He's all over the place. Ben Raby here with us. And, well, Ben, thanks for stopping by. And since we're at the airport and we're about to get on a flight, I guess the first question I should ask you is, how was your stay in lovely Broward County, Florida? Well, I was going to say you referenced I'm all over the place. I've been told that several times. I'm all over the place. So good to be here. Good to be here from FLL, getting set to board for Game 3 and looking forward to this one coming up today. But, uh, uh, yeah, good uh, good stay in Sunrise and a business trip and the split. And I guess if you're the lower seed, that's the goal, right? To come out with the split through the first two games. So as far as the hockey is concerned, the business, I guess, was taken care of to an extent. You want to get greedy after that game one win, but if you had said coming in, it would have been a split after two. Capitals probably would have taken that. Ben Raby from the Washington Capitals Radio Network here with us, taking us behind enemy lines a little bit. So from your perspective, of course, the Panthers, from their perspective, they did what they had to do. They got the series evened up in game number two. But from your perspective, Capitals had that big game one win, and I thought that they played darn near a perfect game back on Tuesday night and got the victory. It was a tight one. The big guns were able to come through in the end when they needed it most for the Capitals. Game number two, a little bit of a different story. So I guess, Ben, starting there, uh, looking at the way the first two games played out, just uh, your takeaway from what was really uh, two different, two totally different outcomes that we saw in the two games. Well, I could say you could almost split the series almost in the first 75 minutes. In other words, game one, plus the first 15, 16 minutes of Game 2. It's crazy when you look at how Game 2 ultimately unfolded. 5-1 blowout win for the Florida Panthers, putting their authoritative stamp on that game as it went along. But thinking back to the first half of the first period, the Capitals really was almost like a carryover from Game 1. Very stingy defensively, limiting what the Panthers were able to do through the neutral zone, frustrating the Florida Panthers, I thought, in the first period. So I think for the Caps, the blueprint is there. They've shown what they could do in Game 1 and the start of Game 2. Obviously, it got away from them, and in the second period, the Panthers started to pour it on, and they were clearly coming in waves, and they had no let-up in the third period, too, which is also noteworthy for Florida. So I do think the blueprint is there for the Capitals. They have the foundation. They have positive video clips they can go over. 
but certainly a lot of areas still looking to clean up the way Game 2 ultimately unfolded. Ben Raby, Capitals Radio Network here with us. A couple things I want to get to off of that. Uh, Peter Laviolette, obviously an experienced head coach. He's been to the Stanley Cup Finals three different times. He's won it before. Uh, just starting from that perspective, uh, how much can his experience come into play in a, in a series like this, uh, a series that I think both teams expect could be a long one? Yeah, well, I think it's it's not only Peter Laviolette and his coaching staff, but it's the entire package. You have the experience behind the bench, and you've experience on the ice. The core, all north of 30 years old, really on the back nine of their careers, but there's championship experience. And I've said it before, it's a, it's a disciplined team. And what I mean by discipline isn't only staying out of the penalty box. Discipline is... When you think about the coaching that they receive and the receptiveness to it, it's a team that can play a structured game, the structure obviously coming from Laviolette and the adjustments that he and his staff will make, but it's been a receptive bunch. They don't cheat the game, and they've shown that over the past few years and definitely going back to 2018 when they had the cup run. So given that experience, I would think, too, there isn't necessarily the panic in the way Game 2 ultimately unfolded. They know to turn the page. They've had good bounce-back results during the regular season over the past few years. So maybe it starts from the top with Laviolette. Certainly, to your point, a coach who's been there, but I think also the players who receive that coaching and, and you know, game plan, they're, they're receptive to it. Ben Raby, Capitals Radio Network here with us, joining you from the hustle and bustle of Fort Lauderdale International Airport as we are set to board a JetBlue flight. JetBlue, proud partner of us here at the Panthers Radio Network. JetBlue, you above all. And we'll have the JetBlue out-of-town scoreboard, of course, coming up later on this afternoon to tell you everything that's going on across the rest of the National Hockey League. But, Ben, going back to, I guess, where the Capitals had success in game number one, what did you think was, when things were going their way, what did you think was the biggest key for them? It was staying as a unit in the neutral zone and limiting that transition game for the Florida Panthers. They want to scoot. They can't scoot. We saw it in game one with the Sam Bennett almost end-to-end goal that he had. Uh, that's the game plan, right? To move the puck through the neutral zone and get those odd man rushes, take advantage of turnovers in the case of the Florida Panthers. And really the puck management for the Capitals in game one when they had it was very good. And then the ability to break up Florida's transition game in turn was very good defensively. And again, even at the start of game two, I think, Doug, we were 15 minutes into the first period. Florida had three shots on goal. They had been called for four icings. And if you're icing the puck, it doesn't only mean you're in trouble in your own end. Icing in many of those instances were failed breakouts because of the gaps that the Capitals were creating. And that ability, again, it's not the, the, the sexiest thing. It's hard to quantify, but just that stingy defensive play. And in game one, the Capitals were in turn able to turn that defense into offense, thinking of the Kuznetsov goal off a turnover, thinking of the TJ Oshie eventual game winner after a neutral zone turnover from the Panthers. If they can do that, I know from the Panthers' side of things, those mistakes are self-inflicted. You can hear it from both narratives. The Capitals feel they forced those turnovers. The Panthers feel, well, better puck management decisions they could have been avoided. But I do think the Capitals are at their best in this series when they're not trading chances, but that when they're slowing the pace, playing a little bit more of a grinded-out affair, that works more up their wheelhouse than does the Panthers. Ben Raby, Capitals Radio Network, here with us this morning on the Panthers Insider Show. Again, we're on the air with Panthers Preview at 12.30. Puck drops 1 o'clock, Game 3, an important one coming up here today. Ben, a lot of folks who follow the sport are familiar with Tom Wilson, obviously, played in the very beginning of game two, left the game with an injury, didn't play, or game one, I should say, didn't play game two with a, a lower body injury. Uh, tell us something that maybe we don't know about Tom Wilson and why the Capitals, uh, I mean, it's visible on the surface, but what makes them so different without him compared to with him? Well, a few things. Number one, what folks may not fully appreciate with Tom Wilson, he can play. 
I think a lot of people around the league think back to when he broke into the league. He was a fourth liner, a heavyweight, played limited minutes. He took on big oncomers. He could drop the gloves, and he became fast friends with the penalty box early on in his career. And while Tom Wilson still brings a physical presence, he certainly does. He's the most physical of all the Capitals players, but he can play. He's a top-line winger. That shouldn't be lost on people. He plays typically 18, 19 minutes a night. He's on the opposite wing to Alex Ovechkin, ideally when things are going well and Kuznetsov's in the middle. And he's a 20-goal scorer, 50 points this past season. He plays both special teams, power play, penalty kill, all those things. He's on the ice last minute of the game if you're up a goal, if you're down a goal. But the other thing, too, it's really the intangibles just in terms of pulling his teammates into the fight is what Barry Trotz used to always say. And you think about a game like last night that was getting away from the Capitals clearly in the second period, whether it was a big hit, whether it was just a big shift, an aggressive shift on the forecheck causing havoc around the net. Tom Wilson has a way when maybe you have a few passengers on the team or things aren't necessarily going your way. He can change the momentum of a game with a shift or two, just the all-around package. Again, the physicality, the speed, the ability to create offensively. He does so many things. And it has sort of an impact, a, a contagious effect on the rest of the bench. They follow his lead very much. He doesn't wear a letter because there are so many veterans, but he's a captain in waiting. He really is. And his loss, it's, it's hard to quantify just how valuable he is. And his loss was felt in game two. And we'll see moving forward what his status is. But it's, 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 I'm not exaggerating, Doug. We've said it before on our broadcast. It's right up there with Alex Ovechkin as far as what the impact is when he's not in the lineup. Yeah, he's one of the most unique skill sets in the National Hockey League. Not a lot of guys like him across the league. And, uh, again, Capitals didn't have him for game number two the other day. Uh, we'll see what happens as far as today's concerned. I hope the person they're paging is going to get to their flight. <laughs> We're here at Fort Lauderdale International Airport recording the uh, segment here this morning as we get set for game three, Panthers and the Washington Capitals. You know, you never know who you're going to run into at the airport, and there's a lot of people who think of walk by, and we're those people that they're yeah, seeing at the airport. People. Yeah, we're those. Hopefully, they're not paging us or our luggage or whatever it might be. But yeah, here we are. We're getting a lot of looks, even more so than usual for some of us, Doug. Yeah, and, and there were some hiccups on the way in, so maybe they are paging us for something. Everything, everything seems to be on track now, though. Uh, ben Raby, our guest from the Capitals Radio Network, and, and my old roommate at Syracuse as well, back in the uh, 07-08 school year. Uh, ben, as somebody who watched from uh, from within the Eastern Conference, but watched from afar this season. Uh, what did uh, impress you the most about this year's edition of the Florida Panthers from your perspective? And uh, and I guess if the from your end of things, from what you've seen, if the Panthers are going to have success, what needs to happen? Well, I'll say this. They're a very easy watch. Folks in Florida and those around the team hopefully appreciate what they saw this year just in terms of really they were eye candy to watch. Anytime you put them on, I was telling you the other day off air, there was an afternoon game they had weeks ago against the New Jersey Devils. I was the opposite of most people. I think most people maybe would have turned it off when they saw the Panthers were down 6-2 to two going into the third period. I saw they were down 6-2. It was a Saturday afternoon. Had some time. I put it on, and what a thrill that was to watch that comeback develop. They couldn't be counted out of any game, and that's always fun. The Capitals had teams like that years ago, almost a decade ago already. They were the greatest show on ice the Capitals were. I think this year the Panthers take that mantra. It was just a, a very fun watch, and... Uh, what makes them so attractive is the ability to come in waves and it's not just the headliners it's the depth and we saw that in game two 
We saw the Anton Lindells and the Carter Verhage's. Granted, Carter Verhage could play higher up the depth chart, but you had contributions up and down the lineup. And what was it, 13 double-digit goal scores this season from the Panthers? And that the depth that they have and the ability for any line to create offensively uh, makes for a very easy watch. And again, the big question, it's not an original thought here, and I'm sure you've addressed it as well. The big thought is come postseason time, if you're not necessarily winning games, you know, with four or five goals for, can you clamp down? Could you win some of those lower scoring affairs, which tend to come up come this time of year? Ben Raby from the Washington Capitals Radio Network, our guest here this morning as we continue to get a lot of looks here as uh, we're doing a segment in the confines of Fort Lauderdale International Airport. Uh, I think everything going well according to our travel plans, but uh, we're going to get ready to wrap up the segment here. I guess, Ben, we'll, we'll leave you with this one. Biggest key for the Washington Capitals this afternoon is... Well, I think a couple of things real quick. Number one, we'll find out who the goaltender is. That's number one as far as the Capitals are concerned. Do they go back to Vitek Vanacek or do they decide to switch things up? Ilya Samsonov showed himself well in the third period in game two. Does he get his first start of these playoffs? And I think from a Capitals perspective, first of all, it would be nice to jump out maybe to an early lead instead of having to chase the game a little bit, as was uh, you know the case in the end in the second period in Game 2. But I think, again, trying to slow down and contain the Panthers. They have the blueprint. They showed it in Game 1. They showed it in the first 15, 16 minutes of Game 2. If they can get to that again and maybe convert and finish. They had opportunities early on. They didn't have the finish, but certainly that would uh, it would behoove them if they're looking to take that 2-1 series lead and get back into the driver's seat in the series. Ben Raby, our guest this morning, kind enough to take some time out from his travel day here in the airport to uh, give us a little time and, and uh, help us out with a segment here on the Panthers Insiders Show. Well, Ben, uh, I ho- we, we didn't plan this being on the same flight. No. It just kind of happened that way, but uh, here we are. <laughs> Tell the folks how it unfolded. You messaged me. You said, hey, I'm not sure what time you're landing, but maybe when you get back to D.C., we could do a hit. I'm on the uh, the such-and-such flight. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm on that flight, too. So let's do it at uh, gate F2. Why not? You sent me a screenshot. You're very detail-oriented, and I, I appreciated that. It was good visual and, uh, and was able to use that information to confirm that we are on the same flight. Well, these folks over here are going to Cancun. We're going to catch our plane to the District of Columbia as we get ready for game number three, the Panthers and the Washington Capitals coming up this afternoon. Again, 12.30 Panthers preview. 1 o'clock will be the drop of the puck from Capital One Arena. Panthers and Washington. Game three with a series tied 1-1. Panthers coming off a game two victory. Stick around. We've got more of the Panthers Insider Show coming up this morning. You are tuned in to the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome back here on the Panthers Insider Show. Doug Plagans here with you talking all things Florida Panthers hockey as always. Big thanks to Ben Raby from the Washington Capitals Radio Network for stopping by the last segment. Folks, time to rep the shield, join the territory, become a member now. Territory memberships for next season, they're on sale Special benefits include pre-sale access to the 2023 NHL All-Star Weekend, priority access to playoff tickets, and much more. Go to floridapanthers.com slash members or call 954-835-PUCK to become a territory member today. Well, the Panthers and the Capitals, Game 3. It's coming up this afternoon. It's going to be a 1 o'clock face-off. We'll have you covered with Panthers preview across the radio network beginning at 12.30. If you're around a television, you can watch it on Bally Sports Florida. And Katie Gauze will be a part of the television crew this afternoon. And speaking of Katie, she's with us here on the Panthers Insider Show right now, friend of the program. Katie, thanks very much for stopping by. And uh, a matinee game today. What do you think What do you think about matinee games? I know everybody's mixed on the matinee games, but... Uh, and 
and, and especially as far as the on-ice play goes, seems like it can be a mixed bag from time to time with the matinee games. What do you think about a one o'clocker today? You know what? From a personal standpoint, in terms of how I feel, I love getting the game over with and walking outside and realizing it's still light out and we have the rest of the day. Go get a nice dinner, especially on the road. You know, check out wherever you're at. Check out Washington, although it's been raining. But in terms of, like you said, the on-ice play, a little bit of a wild card always makes me a little bit nervous just because, like we've heard Coach say so many times, whoever shows up first is ready to play usually has an advantage, usually gets you know the first goal. And in this series specifically, that first goal I feel is so important, right? Especially with the Cats getting their confidence going, letting them loosen up and getting the groove, which is what we really saw in Game 2. Once they got the floodgates opened a little, just felt that scoring touch, got that confidence team kind of transformed right got the got the the juju going you know really started to play the Panthers hockey we were used to from the regular season so for an afternoon game with the team needing to be ready to go right from puck drop certainly good opportunity because it's the same time for both teams but on the road with the what's at stake and just knowing how this team kind of really thrives off that first goal or at least loosens up with that first goal makes me a little nervous but good vibes feeling like they've got a lot of momentum coming off game two Katie Gauze, Valley Sports, Florida, FloridaPanthers.com here with us today on the Panthers Insider Show, getting you set for the opening face-off that is, well, just a few hours away here. The Panthers and the Capitals, Game 3 is going to be a 1 o'clock start, 12.30 across the radio network. And, Katie, you raised an interesting point, not just about the matinee game and making sure you start on time, but the way this series seems to feel because – Whichever team is able to get a lead, it really it really favors uh, one team or the other. And not just because teams that get leads have the lead on the scoreboard. But if the Panthers get a lead, Washington isn't able to play the game they want to play it. It forces them to take more risks, maybe pushes them out of their comfort zone a little bit. If the Capitals get a lead, then they can play the way that they want to play it and clog up the neutral zone, try to slow things down because they don't have the collective speed that the Panthers have. Is that something that you've had a feel for? And, and maybe looking at the first two games, we've seen both ends of that spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. I think you look at game one, right, where you know maybe it wasn't a huge lead, but the Caps were able to get a lead and then just establish that game right the trap it, it really kind of threw the Panthers off and granted I think there were other factors in game one like we've sort of heard coach touch on I think there were nerves I think there was a, a little bit of the lack of the battle and the intensity that we saw from game two but again when the Panthers get that lead when they loosen up the Capitals are then put into a position where they can't lock down and trap. Now they need to be generating offense. The Panthers actually in game two able to almost, you know, flip the script a little bit on them and use their own trap style against them once they really got that lead. Look at the third period of game two. 5-1 lead, great, but Panthers limiting those chances. Well, I mean, Washington wasn't even able to generate a real pushback, which in a playoff period three, we expect to see. So you've got to give them credit for that. But again, whoever kind of establishes their game first in this type of series where there's a lot of chess battles going on and the style of play and the, the trapping and, and all those things are really becoming big factors, scoring first is kind of what leads to that ability. And that's why it is so crucial. It's the Panthers and the Capitals game three, this first round Best of seven series coming up this afternoon. One o'clock face-off, 12.30 Panthers preview across the radio network. Katie Gauze, Valley Sports, Florida, FloridaPanthers.com, our guest here. Well, Katie 
going into the playoffs, uh, obviously there were a number of storylines, but one of them was Aaron Eckblatt. Hadn't played the last 20 games of the regular season. What's been your take so far? Played 24 minutes, uh, over 24 minutes in game one. Game two, because the Panthers built up a bit of a cushion, he they were able to keep those minutes down a little bit and, and lighten that workload. But what's been your impression of Aaron Eckblad after missing 20 games? And, and coming back in after 20 games off, that's a tough transition for anybody, but missing 20 games and hopping right into game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, that's a, a whole different ball game. What have you taken away from it so far? Absolutely. I mean, you have to give a lot of credit just to the athlete himself for being able to overcome an injury train and, and, and step into the fastest, most intense pace of hockey that you're going to get. That being said, the Panthers played better in game two. I think Ekblad also played better in game two, which they tend to go hand in hand. I think that coming in off that injury, great to see Ekblad getting that many minutes and being capable of it. I do feel maybe it was a little bit too much. Maybe that 19 is kind of a little less, but he, he's finding that sweet spot. I think overall, you know, all of the guys' ice time was better managed in game two, and it was nice to see, you know, we got more minutes out of that fourth line with the Charing Hornquist really doing a great job, especially in that third period to pin the Washington Capitals in, not allow chances, really beating up on the defense with some heavy hits. Those are important things in the playoffs, but... To, to bring it back to Aaron and, and, and his play, I think, really nice to see that he picked up where he left off with Mackenzie Weger. I know, you know, they, they had a little bit of maybe some struggles in game one, but I think to bounce back, they found their game. They really seem to be doing well. And Ekblad also, on top of coming back in, needing to be in physical shape, he's also thrown right into that power play, being the quarterback there, and I think he's handled it really well. I know we haven't seen tons of opportunities for it, but they've started to break through. We've started to see really good, consistent chances. So given the circumstances of you know what he was up against and coming back into a team that is always going full speed to be able to keep up and to be able to contribute obviously he gets that first ever playoff goal which when I heard that I was actually shocked I'm like really that's the first one but couldn't have come at a better time and I think that just even boosts his confidence more which is which is half the game we know that it's a lot of mental and I think if he's feeling good going to play better as well. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, what led to the Panthers getting the momentum on their side was the goal that Aaron Eckblad scored back in Game 2, and uh, it'll be the first of many Stanley Cup playoff goals, I think, as he goes along in his career. But uh, the Panthers and the Capitals, it's going to be Game 3 today, 12.30. We're on the air with Panthers Preview. 1 o'clock, you can catch the uh, drop of the puck. Panthers and the Capitals shift the series now to Capital One Arena for this afternoon's Game 3, and then Monday night's Game 4 before a Game 5 will be at FLA, FLA Live Arena on Wednesday night. There will be a game number five at FLA Live Arena because the Panthers uh, were even able to even the series up back on uh, Thursday night. But uh, Katie, looking at uh, the game two victory again, just uh, overall, was there anything in that game that you thought really stood out, something that you really want to see brought into game number three? Because it seemed like as the game wore on, the Panthers were able to get the chances they were accustomed to getting that they didn't get in maybe the first four periods of the series, but come the second period of uh, of game two, those chances were there, and as they seemed to get more chances, you could tell it really deflated the Washington Capitals because all of a sudden they got desperate, and then then they just kind of had the the will taken away. Yeah, absolutely. A couple things that stand out that I liked. One, I liked that we were able to generate opportunities through turnovers to allow us to get that rush game scoring going because we were the best in the NHL mm. all season long at scoring on the rush, scoring with that man advantage, hitting the guys in stride and scoring with speed. You saw two examples, that Barkov-Huberto goal, but even the, the Reinhardt-Lundell. I mean, perfect example of just when this team can move and they can outskate anyone. So really liked 
the the rush scoring uh, being added back into the mix. Also really loved the aggressiveness of the forecheck and winning those puck battles. That was something I really felt like they were missing from game one. And, you know, we're, we're accustomed to that with this team, you know, save a few guys like Bennett and Reinhardt, who I did feel like were really going in game one, winning those battles. But I think it was a full team effort in game two. So really like seeing that. And then more minutes, like I kind of alluded to earlier, for that fourth line when it was kind of the right time for them. Mm -hmm. Getting Hornquist and Achari, who have the playoff experience, who just know exactly what it takes in those moments, know what needs to be done. They make the simple plays. They make the big hits. Kind of culminating all of those things together really, in my opinion, was a huge difference maker and will be 100% necessary for continued success because that is playoff hockey. And you look at, you mentioned a couple of names there, Patrick Hornquist, Nolachari, of course, and they've got, you know, in, in comparison to a lot of the uh, members of the Panthers, Clojure is another one. They have a lot of playoff experience. Mm-hmm. And you look over on the Capitals side, obviously, a lot, of, a lot of holdovers still from their team that won the Stanley Cup just a few years ago. So you've got uh, a number of players who are, you know, in excess of 70, 80, 90 games played in, uh, in the playoffs. And I think when you get to this time of the year, people always talk about how the game gets different. But I think you get to this time of the year, you see it. Those guys that have been through it before you can tell that there's just an understanding of the process and it's almost billy and i talked about it on the broadcast on thursday night but you get the sense that uh, the guys part of that learning process is knowing that uh, a series isn't one on one shift or even in one period it's a process and you can tell that the way certain guys play the game out there that they realize there's a there's a process and everything is going to add up uh, over the course of the game is that uh, something maybe you've taken away when you you can identify the guys who've been through those battles yeah absolutely i think you know it and you see it even you know, at the culmination of a game, right? When we talk to guys and, you know, and it's a loss, they understand it is a seven game series. And that mentality alone is so important because that helps you, you know, have a short term memory, mm-hmm. refresh yourself for the next game, but also learn and know what you need to do better. But, you know, when you watch them out there, you just, you see them making plays that seem like nothing, but it's, that's sometimes all you need. It doesn't need to be amazing every single time making the hard, you know, the hard hits or just getting the puck out of the zone cleanly. Like those little things in the playoffs, those win because we, we kind of talk about it a lot, but it can be a game of mistakes in the playoffs more than a game of amazing opportunities right and those mistakes are what lead you to your chances hence a lot of the rush scoring we saw because of the forecheck because of the smart little detailed type plays that the the guys were making that um they just kind of add up over the course of a game like you mentioned and that's why even guys who had some of you know their best seasons in the regular season like reinhardt you know unbelievable and i expect that to continue you could see there was some nerves it was his first play of him he's a veteran you know he's been around for a while but Playoffs are different. I think that's the biggest thing that people need to maybe realize and take away is that it is a different game. There's a different mentality. There's a different approach. Um, and, and as game one went into game two, we saw that from everybody, even guys like Barkov and Huberto, who are a little bit quiet, let's be honest, in that first game. You know, you see them coming alive. You see them getting into their comfort zone and, and starting to do what they know and that's what it takes is just doing what, you know, you know, you don't want to change things. You just play the strong, smart, simple game that got you here. Yeah, and the Panthers were able to get that game going in game two and were able to parlay it into a win. You look at game one, and that was an example of a team playing a good road game and mm-hmm. doing what they had to do. The, the Capitals in game one wanted to slow down the Panthers, and they wanted to try and take the crowd out of it because it was an energetic, great atmosphere at FLA Live Arena. And you mentioned those little plays and those detail plays that add up. 
it wasn't exciting, but the Washington Capitals, it was just get it over the blue line and then get it over the blue line. That was, uh, that was what they were doing, and it wasn't, uh, again, it wasn't uh, the flashiest thing in the world, but they were able to get it to work. Absolutely, and, and another thing to kind of focus on what you mentioned with the Capitals, you know, having a little bit of a, a leftover team, right, from guys that have been on the Cup. There's a lot of guys that are up in their years in the mm-hmm. NHL on this team. Granted, the veteran experience is great, but that provides a huge opportunity for this Panthers team with the young, fresher legs, the, the speedier style exploit them and I think we started to see that a little bit in game two there were moments of the game where Washington looks a little tired they're looking a little bit old for a moment and that's what we need to do all the time that is what's going to win the Panthers their series is playing to that identity because you know you can slow down and trap a team but a team that's not fast is not going to be able to suddenly speed up and keep up with you if you can establish that speed game yeah if you can skate you can really uh, assert your dominance in a hockey game uh, katie gauze valley sports florida florida panthers.com here with us a couple of quick ones before we let you get going i know you love talking anton lundell but he scored his first playoff game or his first playoff goal in uh, game two and just over the course of the season, just from what we've gathered about Anton and hearing from him, it shouldn't come as the least bit surprising, but no stage seems to be too big for Anton Lindell. He's just two games into his Stanley Cup playoff career, but uh, again, doesn't look like he's shying away from the moment whatsoever. No, 100%. I think there's a couple things that go into why he's able to do that. One is just kind of his personality, truthfully. He just sort of embraces whatever is thrown at him and really just enjoys it. Two, coming from that pro league, which we've talked about in his rookie season, in the regular season, how that made his transition easier. He'd been playing with grown men. He'd been playing a high pro-level style of hockey. So it wasn't a full-blown, I'm coming out of college adjustment for him. Uh, And then finally, I think keeping him in a somewhat comfort zone, heading into the playoffs, playing with players he's familiar with, right? We've seen so much success from him uh, with Reinhardt. And I think just, you know, keeping him with Reinhardt or keeping him with Marchman or just keeping him with players that he has a lot of experience with, he, you know, he has chemistry with those guys. I think not changing too much for him at this stage is just allowing him to really build up even more confidence, knowing he's got, you know, familiarity on the ice. He's also gotten so much experience in so many situations throughout the regular season being a huge part of the penalty kill he's been relied on from the start so to go into the playoffs already having the confidence of your coaching staff and of your teammates you know why should it be any different but of course we all know it still is and you still give him a ton of credit but you know asking him uh, about that goal it was great you know you saw the smile on his face in the celebration certainly a really cool moment but he said it right away he said the win is cooler for him and in the season you know when he was kind of in the mix for that rookie of the year he said, we have bigger trophy in mind. That's how he said it. And it's, and it's great. He, he, like the rest of this Panthers team, is focused on the team goals and the bigger picture, which is just great to see. Yeah, he's been outstanding. And again, if it weren't for a little bit of time missed due to injury, would, would have been right in that uh, rookie of the year mix and, and probably would have been the front runner, uh, all things considered. Katie Gauze, last thing here for you. The Panthers, if they are going to have success this afternoon at Capital One Arena, again, a one o'clock faceoff today, if they're going to have success today, what needs to happen? Well, you know what I just realized I haven't said once that I just need to flat out say, Sergey Bobrovsky's awesome. I haven't mentioned it once since we've He's been, been chatting. He's been really good. I have to say that because he has been good. So, of course, you know, right off the top, yes, goaltending, 
always important. So yes, we want to see the same performance level from Sergei Bobrovsky that we've seen through game one and two. Here in game three, that's always important, especially if the Cats aren't ready from puck drop because in the last two games we saw, he bailed them out a little bit. He gave them that chance to score that first goal in game two and get that momentum. Huge. So obviously Bob is one of them. Um, And then it comes back to where we started this whole conversation, right? Being ready from the beginning, finding the comfort early, getting into their groove early, showing up loose, you know, not having any nerves. I think, you know, between game one and two, they should be done with those. Coming in off a big win, there shouldn't be any nerves. So just play the game. They, They left off playing in game two. Be ready to go right from the start. They should have no problem. Katie Gauz, Valley Sports, Florida, FloridaPanthers.com here with us. Any sites you want to see here in Washington, the Smithsonian, the Library of Congress, anywhere you want to go? I would love to see and potentially steal the Declaration of Independence. No, I won't steal it. Nicholas Cage is already good enough at that. But no, um, I, I would love to go and walk around some of the monuments, but it's been pretty rainy since we got here. Uh, my first stop would be the Lincoln Memorial. Love that view. Big fan of uh, like Greek columns, and it's always been very interesting to me. So that's my that's my go to spot. Randy Moeller and I passed it in a taxi cab uh, not I also too long did. ago. Yes, it was it was lovely to see from the the window of my cab, but maybe in person would be a little cooler. Lots of uh, sights to see here around the District of Columbia. We hope, Katie, we hope you enjoy your stay here in the nation's capital. And once again, thanks for being with us here on the Panthers Insider Show. Thanks so much. Go Cats. We'll see you guys later. It's going to be not much later. A 1 o'clock face-off, 12.30 Panthers preview across the radio network, an early one today, so be sure to join us for that one. Game 3 of this series will be in Washington, or I should say Game 4 of this series will be in Washington Monday at 7 o'clock. Game 5 will be back at FLA Live Arena in Sunrise, and that is going to be on a Wednesday at a time to be determined, so check your local listings, as we like to say, folks. FloridaPanthers.com would be uh, probably the first of those local listings that you should be checking. That's it for this edition of the Panthers Insider Show. Big thanks, Katie Goss, for stopping by this segment. Thanks to Ben Raby from the Capitals Radio Network for stopping by last segment. Great conversation with him. It's the Panthers and the Capitals. Game 3 coming up this afternoon. We're on the air at 12.30 with Panthers Preview. Puck drops at 1 o'clock. My name's Doug Plagans, and this has been the Panthers Insider Show on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.